This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Renaissance English History Podcast, a part of the Agora Podcast Network. I am your host, Heather Tesco. And I'm a storyteller who makes history accessible because I believe it's a pathway to understanding who we are, our place in the universe, and being more deeply in touch with our own humanity. I think this is episode 220. Not sure. Either way, it is on Amelia Lanier, a woman whose pen challenged the norms and whose voice echoes throughout the past 400 years. So we are going to talk about Amelia, one of the very early woman writers in England. Before we get started, though, I want to just say thank you to the newest members, both of Patreon and my YouTube channel. It's pretty much the same benefits no matter where you join, but some people prefer to watch and listen on YouTube and some people prefer Patreon. So welcome to Catherine, to Edith, to Alexandra, to Jennifer, also to Christina, Margaret, Ursula, and Jackie. I so appreciate your support and your patronage. Patrons and YouTube members get extra episodes. There was just one last week on Gertrude Courtenay, and this week there's going to be one on William Byrd's Double Life. So that's exciting. Um, also discounts to my shop, all kinds of fun stuff. If you are interested in joining this group with impeccable taste, uh, you can either hit the join now button if you're listening to this on YouTube or go to patreon.com slash englandcast. That's patreon.com slash englandcast to learn more about how to join. And thank you so much. One of the things that supporters and patrons will get is a discount to 2024 TutorCon tickets, both online and in person. And I promise I am going to have the TutorCon order form up. So many of you have been emailing me about it um, within two weeks. I'm actually going down to Agecroft Hall very soon this weekend, next weekend, depending on when you listen to this, 
Um, and I'll be taking some video and I'll be checking things out. And then after that, I will have the page all set up. We just, since it's in a different location, we had to like get uh, quotes that were different than what we've done before. So it took me a little bit longer to figure out the pricing. But I have it all figured out and I will put that order form up within the next two weeks. I'm super excited. It'll be September 20th to 22nd at Agecroft Hall, which is just outside of Richmond. It's an actual Tudor house that was brought over from England piece by piece uh, about 100 years ago. So very excited for that. All right, my friends. Let us get into it and talk about Amelia Lanier. So Amelia was born Amelia Bassano, but she is known as Amelia Lanier. She holds the honor of being the first woman in England to pursue a career as a professional poet. Her seminal work, Salve Deus Rex Judeorum, not only etched her name in literary history, but also marked a significant turning point in the representation of women in the arts. Living during the late Tudor period, Lanyard's life and work bridged the transition into the Stuart era, encapsulating a time of profound social and cultural change. In a world dominated by male voices, her poetry stands as a testament to the female intellect and creativity, offering a rare and invaluable perspective on the role and perception of women in early modern England. She was born into a world of art in 1569. Her father, Baptiste Bassano, was a Venetian musician and served in the court of Elizabeth I, providing young Amelia with an environment rich in culture and learning. Her mother was Margaret Johnson, possibly connected to the court composer Robert Johnson, which further linked Amelia to a world where artistry and courtly life intertwined. Tragedy, however, came to Amelia early when her father died when she was just seven years old. Yet, in the shadows of this loss, a new chapter unfolded. Amelia found herself under the care of Susan Bertie, the Countess of Kent. This period was pivotal. Under Bertie's guidance, Amelia received a humanist education, a rarity for women in her time, which profoundly influenced her future writings. This early exposure to humanist principles, emphasizing the individual potential and the importance of classical learning, shaped Amelia's worldview. Her education did not merely equip her with knowledge, it empowered her with a voice. Within the confines of Bertie's home, Amelia didn't just learn about poetry and literature. She absorbed the essence of a movement that celebrated human capacity, creativity, and critical thinking. This foundation laid the groundwork for her future as a poet and an intellectual, setting her on a path to challenge and redefine the role of women in literature and society. The tapestry of her life is woven with complex relationships that profoundly influenced her work and place in society. A defining chapter in Amelia's life was her liaison with Henry Carey, first Baron Hudson, a prominent courtier and cousin to Queen Elizabeth I. Much older than Amelia, Lord Hunston held a significant position as the Lord Chamberlain, a patron of the arts and theater. This connection not only exposed Amelia to the vibrant cultural life of the Elizabethan court, but also had lasting impacts on her personal and professional trajectory. Amelia's relationship with Lord Hunston began when she was relatively young, and it was marked by the societal norms and expectations of the period. As his mistress, Amelia experienced a life of relative comfort and status, a sharp contrast to the limited opportunities available to most women of her time. 
However, this arrangement also reflected the complex dynamics of power and gender in Tudor England. Women in such positions were often viewed through the lens of moral scrutiny, and their social standing was inextricably linked to the men that they were associated with. This intricate period of her life took a turn when Amelia became pregnant. Lord Hunsdon arranged for her to marry Alfonso Lanyer, a musician and her distant relative, in 1592. This marriage provided social cover, but it seemed to lack the affection and support that one might hope for. Not really surprising, but there you go. The marriage did, however, give Amelia the surname under which she would become known to history. Amelia's crowning achievement was the Salve Deus Rex Judaeorum, published in 1611, firmly established her as a pioneering figure in English literature. This volume of poetry is not just remarkable for its authorship by a woman in a period when female voices were often silenced, but for its bold themes and innovative style. It has rich evocative language and intricate themes, She utilized a blend of biblical narrative, classical mythology, and contemporary religious thought, presenting a sophisticated interplay of tradition and innovation. Her poetry is marked by a strong sense of rhythm and vivid imagery, breathing life into the verses and engaging the reader on multiple levels. The feminist undertones are unmistakable. Lanyard challenged the patriarchal norms of her time, advocating for the intellectual and moral capabilities of women. She dared to question the established narratives, particularly in her reinterpretation of biblical stories. Her portrayal of female characters such as Eve is sympathetic and empowering, a stark contrast to the prevailing views of women as secondary and subservient. Perhaps most striking in Salve Deus Rex Judaeorum are the dedications to various influential women, including Queen Anne, the Countess of Cumberland, and the Countess of Dorset. These dedications are not mere formalities, but strategic alignments and acknowledgments of the patronage system that was crucial for artists and writers. They also reflect Lanyard's astute understanding of the power dynamics at play in her society and her ability to navigate them. In these poems, Lanyard is doing more than seeking patronage. She is building a community of women, celebrating their virtues, and positioning them as vital contributors to cultural and intellectual life. This approach not only underscores the proto-feminist elements in her work, but also reflects her personal experiences and observations of the societal roles and limitations imposed on women. In Salve Deus, Amelia emerges not just as a poet of her time, but as a visionary voice that transcends it, advocating for a more equitable and enlightened perspective on women's roles in society. In the later chapters of Amelia's life, the landscape shifts from the courts of nobility to a more personal struggle for independence and stability. Following the publication of Salve Deus, her life took on a less public but no less challenging dimension. After the death of her husband Alfonso in 1613, Amelia faced the daunting task of fending for herself in a society that afforded few opportunities for women's financial independence. Undeterred, she embarked on an ambitious venture, establishing a school. This bold move was not just a means of livelihood, but a reflection of her enduring commitment to education, perhaps inspired by her own experiences in her formative years. However, this endeavor was fraught with challenges. Legal disputes over property and rental agreements marred her efforts, 
leading to her arrest on at least two occasions between 1617 and 1619. These legal battles, coupled with societal skepticism towards a woman with a history of arrest, eventually led to the school closure. As a widow, Lanyard's life was a continuous struggle for financial security. She was involved in prolonged legal battles with her husband's family over financial matters. These struggles, while painting a picture of a life beset by hardships, also highlight Lanyard's resilience and determination to assert her rights and independence in a male-dominated world. Amelia's legacy in the realm of literature and women's history is significant and multifaceted. As one of the first English women to assert herself as a professional poet, she paved the way for future generations of female writers. Her bold foray into the world of publishing, traditionally dominated by men, marked a significant step forward in the struggle for women's literary expression and recognition. In modern times, Lanyard's work has undergone a renaissance of interest and study. Scholars and feminists alike have hailed her as a pioneering figure in the proto-feminist movement. Her poetry, particularly Salve Deus, is celebrated for its strong female perspectives and advocacy for women's intellectual and moral agency. Her use of biblical and classical references to champion women's virtues and capabilities has been particularly influential in reshaping perceptions of women in literature and society. Moreover, Lanyard's life and works have become a subject of study in various academic disciplines, including literature, women's studies, and history. Her poetry is not only appreciated for its aesthetic qualities, but also analyzed for its cultural, historical, and feminist significance. In this way, Amelia Lanyard's legacy endures, her voice resonating through the centuries as a testament to the enduring power of women's creativity and resilience. One of the most intriguing aspects of Amelia's historical footprint is her speculated connection to William Shakespeare as the enigmatic dark lady of his sonnets. This theory was first proposed by A.L. Rouse and was supported by various scholars, suggests that Lanyard, with her Italian heritage and musical family background, fits the description of the mysterious figure who captivated Shakespeare in his later sonnets. The evidence for this theory is largely circumstantial, built on a combination of historical records and literary analysis. Proponents point to Lanyard's presence in the same social circles as Shakespeare and her family's connection to the arts, particularly music, which is a recurring theme in the sonnets. Additionally, the description of the Dark Lady as someone with dark hair and a musical background seems to align with what is known about Lanyard. However, this theory also has its fair share of critics. Some scholars argue that the evidence is too speculative and that it risks overshadowing Lanyard's own literary achievements. They caution against reducing her historical significance to a mere muse or romantic interest of a more famous male writer. Instead, they advocate for appreciating Lanyard on her own terms as a pioneering female poet and intellectual of the Renaissance. Regardless of the truth behind the Dark Lady theory, its impact on Lanyard's literary reputation is undeniable. It has brought increased attention to her work and life, sparking renewed interest and debate among scholars and literary enthusiasts. This debate, while centered on her potential connection to Shakespeare, also serves to highlight the broader issue of women's roles and recognition in the history of literature. Amelia Lanyard's journey through the Elizabethan and Jacobean eras was one marked by creativity, resilience, and a quest for intellectual and financial independence. Her poetry, particularly Salve Deus, 
stands as a significant contribution to English literature, offering a unique blend of lyrical beauty, feminist thought, and religious reflection. Her life, from her education under Susan Birdie to her later struggles and achievements, paints a portrait of a woman who was ahead of her time, challenging societal norms, and carving out a space for female voices in a male-dominated world. As we reflect on her legacy, Amelia Lanier emerges not only as a notable poet of the 16th century, but also as a symbol of very early feminist thought. Her enduring influence in literature and her role as a pioneer for women in the arts continue to inspire and resonate with readers and writers alike, underscoring the timeless nature of her work and the enduring relevance of her perspectives. So we will leave it there, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. I would love to know your thoughts on Amelia Lanier, if you have read any of her poetry. And if you've heard of her, if you would like to learn more about her, just tell me anything that's on your mind about Amelia Lanier. You can text me at 8016-TESCO, that's 8016839756, or leave a comment wherever you are listening to this. Remember, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash englandcast or join the YouTube channel just by clicking join this channel and you get extra discounts on my shop, discounts on TutorCon, extra episodes, all kinds of good stuff. All right, my friends, thank you so much for listening and I will be back soon. <laughs> Bye-bye. Blow northern wind, send blue baby sweating. Blow northern wind, blow, blow, blow. Ich hote burr in Bauerbrick, that sully sem lies on sich. Nems full maiden of mich, fair and freight upon. In all this world, ich won burr blood and bon, never yet in Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.